This is your award-winning BCFM on 93.2, 24 hours a day. And that was Mimi Webb with Red Flags. And good morning and welcome to the One Love, One Planet show with me, Shona Gentry, here on BCFM. We're an award-winning environmental radio show. We talk all things environmental in Bristol, the UK and the rest of the world. My name's Shona Gentry. Today we're going to be looking at some news stories related to the environment, both in Bristol and further afield. We're going to play some tunes and we have an interview with Noelia from the Eastern Community Garden. This is a hidden treasure in Bristol which welcomes all the community to come learn more about gardening it's free to get involved in but they are also holding a very fun looking fundraiser this weekend that we're going to be hearing about how you can pop along to that it's pay what you feel there's going to be music it sounds great so welcome to one love one planet thank you for joining us settle in for what is sure to be an interesting hour We'll kick things off with looking at our news stories today. So we've got three news stories to cover today, a sort of a mixed bag, some positive, some negative, some sort of still still waiting to see how it shakes out. So we're going to briefly talk about the developments around the Rosebank oil field, the investigation into the felling of the sycamore near Hadrian's Wall, and finally some potential good news about Bristol buses as Weka Mayor Dan Norris meets with Manchester Mayor Andy Burnham. Oh, exciting. So we're going to start with a headline from The Guardian, activist stage Rosebank oilfield protest outside offices of Labour front bench. The party, Labour Party is urged to commit to revoking licence for site in North Sea and to back the comprehensive Green New Deal. Young climate activists staged sit-down protests outside the offices of every member of Labour's shadow cabinet on Friday, calling on the party to take a tougher line on the proposed new Rosebank oilfields and to back a comprehensive Green New Deal. This week, the UK's biggest untapped oil field was given the go-ahead despite widespread opposition from scientists, poverty campaigners and climate and energy experts. Labour opposes development in the North Sea, which has the potential to produce 500 million barrels of oil, the burning of which would emit as much carbon dioxide as running 56 coal-fired power stations for a year. So it's pretty, pretty dire. We do not, we should not be tapping into that oil field when we're trying to go green trying to go carbon neutral but Keir Starmer has said this uh, I think it was last week that the party would not reverse the decision to grant it a license if Labour wins the next election Starmer said that he would accept the baseline that he inherits from the government if he wins the next election so yeah volunteers from the uh, campaign group Green New Deal Rising have been protesting saying Labour has to go further that approval of the Rosebank oil and gas field condemns young people to an unlivable future. And if the Labour Party truly want to represent young people, they must definitely oppose Rishi Sunak's climate extremism and commit to revoking Rosebank's licence and delivering a transformative Green New Deal if they win par. So, yeah, and, and as well as committing to revoking Rosebank, the Green New Deal rising campaign group want the party to go further at its upcoming conference in Liverpool. They want Labour to promise to expand public ownership of key utilities, introduce a green jobs guarantee, create a national nature service and use wealth taxes and taxes on fossil fuel companies and big corporations to pay for the increased investment in the UK. So, yeah, we will follow that with interest. The Green New Deal rising group, see what influence they have on Labour over the next few months. Um, Because, yeah, I know the 
News about the Rosebank oil field has been very upsetting for many, many people who have campaigned against it. The protests about it are still going on um, because it is, yeah, it is absolutely dire. And the UK, we don't, we don't need it. We don't need it. We have, we can do offshore wind. We have amazing wind power here in this country. So, you know, get your act together, folks. Right, next, uh, moving on before I get too, too uh, passionate about that. Moving on to a headline about the sapling, uh, the sycamore gap tree that uh, was cut down um, around Hadrian's Wall. Um, the Independent has got a headline, um, very breaking, fresh breaking news, sycamore gap tree, latest chainsaw recovered from farm as lumberjack in his 60s is released on bail. Police have arrested and have released an arrested man in his 60s on bail after the Sycamore Gap tree was felled. Northumbria police said the man was arrested on suspicion of criminal damage on Friday and was released on bail pending further inquiries. And uh, the 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 person in question has denied his involvement with the felling. Um, as police have seized a large chainsaw as they searched a barn close by to where the Sycamore Gap tree stood. This is obviously a yeah, a, a hugely upsetting uh, incident that's happened. It just seems to be vandalism. There is no reason to have cut down the sycamore gap tree. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been very upsetting. It's gathered, uh, it's gathered condemnation from a wide range of people. There's a petition going round uh, calling for the vandals behind the felling of the sycamore to plant 10,000 trees. There's an online petition going on and calling for tough measures to legally reprimand the culprit. Obviously, we don't know yet clearly who was responsible for the felling. Experts said it took minutes to cut down and sent it will take centuries to grow back. There was a young man, a 27-year-old man, who planted a sapling near the felled Sycamore Gap tree. Uh, National Trust bosses have actually removed that, saying that uh, it's because of the site's UNESCO World Heritage status. Um, and the National Trust bosses uh, have acknowledged his efforts but said the, the sapling would need to be removed and planted elsewhere which is a, a bit frustrating so um, yeah the National Trust said that it has been grateful for the many offers of support but it wants everyone to remember the site is an ancient monument and adding to it can damage the archaeology so it wants things to go through the proper channels uh, so yeah, uh, but apparently the public can leave pictures, poems and memories at the National Landscape Discovery Centre over the weekend. So it has, yeah, um, and I think apparently they're trying to find a better place for the sapling to be planted in the local area. So that's been a very emotive, um, another very emotive incident over the past week. But yeah, lots of people coming together to stand against that mindless felling and to try and encourage more tree planting. Um, in memory of it. And finally, some more positive news. The Bristol Cable have got a headline saying West of England Mayor holds talks with Andy Burnham about bus franchising after local campaign. Metro Mayor Dan Norrist has faced months of calls to formally explore taking Bristol's struggling bus services back into public control. This is something we've talked about a lot on this programme. We've asked Dan Norris to come in and talk to us about it. He hasn't got back to us. But this is something there's been loads of protests and loads of campaigning about. 
So this sounds like potentially a step in the right direction. The West of England Metro Mayor has held talks with Andy Burnham, the Mayor of Greater Manchester, about bringing buses under public control. Dan Norris has asked his staff to prepare a new report on bus franchising, which will be published early next year. This week, the first buses under bus franchising began running in Greater Manchester, marking the start of a major overhaul of how public transport is operated. Fares, routes and timetables will be set by local politicians rather than private companies. And The Cable, amongst other local newspapers, have been doing a lot of in-depth reporting on this, asking whether bus franchising can offer a route out of the public transport chaos that has brought misery to many Bristolians lives and um, so there's been lots of debates about this Uh, more reports uh, more details of how franchising could work will be set out in this new report which is expected to be published to the west of england combined authorities so it's expected to be published to weka committee in the new year so that is exciting we will see how that goes and yeah i know there's lots of eyes on manchester to see how theirs is going as well So we're going to play some more music and then we will be back with you uh, very soon with our main interview with Noelia from Easton Community Garden, a very exciting uh, tiny hidden gem that really tries to encourage encourage involvement in gardening, people to try it out, to make gardening and growing things accessible to everyone. So we'll hear more about that soon. But first, let's play Adore You. And welcome back to the One Love, One Planet show here today. We have an interview, a very special interview with Noelia about the Eastern Community Garden, which is not something I'll admit that I knew existed, but then I bumped into Noelia on the street the other day and was thinking, yeah, we should hear more about this and find out what's going on. So welcome, Noelia. Hi, how are you? Hey, good morning. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm just recovering from COVID, so apologies if my voice is a bit up and down, but yeah, I'm excited to be on here. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, well, you sound absolutely fine, so don't worry about that. Um, Yeah, so tell us all about the Eastern Community Garden. Where is it? How long has it been going? Tell us everything. Sure, sure. So you're not the only one um, to not know about it. I have lived in the area most of my life, and I didn't know it was there until I joined uh, two years ago in May. So, <clears throat> sorry, so in May 2021. Lovely. And basically the, yeah, so the garden was founded in 2001. Um, <clears throat> sorry, it's a permaculture garden. So it's founded on permaculture principles. So we try and make everything ourselves from the compost to water collection. So we have like lots of, uh, water butts and like a, fairly sophisticated uh, drainage collection what, what system. Does, what does permaculture mean? Sorry, it's one of those big words you sure. hear bandied about a lot, but I, I, sure, I, sure. I sometimes think I know what it means and then someone asks me to explain it and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. So, yeah, so, so what I'm saying about trying to be as resourceful as we can and uh, make everything ourselves, that's a really big part of it. Um, it's basically about using nature's principles and working with nature to make sure that you have all of the systems in place that you need to grow. Um, So yeah, it's about working in harmony with nature. It's about being in harmony with each other. So it's about treating each other with kindness, treating the soil with kindness, um, with no dig as well. So as much as possible, we try not to disturb the soil. Um, And what that basically means is, yeah, we try not to dig into the soil where possible. Um, We try to just add compost and yeah let the soil do its thing because there's a lot of amazing stuff going on in there that we can't quite understand um 
so yeah it's it's basically that's what it is it's about being as resourceful as possible <clears throat> sorry it's about being as um yeah understanding about nature and the way it knows how to create the environment that it needs and just working within that basically rather than using like chemicals or you know pesticides things like that basically lovely and what sort of stuff do you grow at eastern community garden sure so we are just opposite rose green um center uh there are some allotments there and we're one of the allotments um and we decide together what we grow but it's basically a mix of fruit and vegetables um we've got a fruit cage which has a few different uh berries in there uh currants and things uh we've got raspberries we've got strawberries um we've got lots of fruit trees so when there are a lot of apples people are more than welcome even if you've never been to the garden before everyone is welcome uh, regardless of whether you've been before but um especially when we have a lot of apples we really are keen for people to get apples to make all sorts of things with um because yeah there's more apples than we can share out between us so everything that we grow we split it between us um we do like a little harvest collection and then everybody who was there that day um can then take some things home with them so that's a really beautiful thing because you can really cook seasonally and you know that that thing has grown really local to you um so yeah fruit vegetables um and some flowers as well for the bees and the pollinators and our eyes because they are beautiful as well so yeah absolutely yeah and, and how many people are kind of involved in the community garden sure so uh at the moment we average on about so we're open Wednesdays and Sundays and you can get uh most of the information that we're talking about today you can find on our website uh Eastern Community Garden um or on our Facebook or our Instagrams as well which are Eastern Community Garden all one word um so yeah at the moment uh everyone is a volunteer so nobody is paid to be there everyone is there just because they want to be in a green space and learn about growing things and connect with each other like I've made some beautiful friends through the garden um so yeah it's a really really lovely space and at the moment we have about maybe up to 10 people on a Sunday and Wednesday obviously because of work and lifestyles and things not as many people I think it tends to be about three or four maybe five people on a Wednesday um so that's the kind of average that we have obviously everyone's got lives and things going on so for example in the summer uh, we those numbers tend to go down a little bit just because everybody's so busy um but what's great about it is that you know you can just come and do some gardening for a couple of hours or just come and have we, we grow mint we have herbs I forgot to mention the herbs earlier um you can just have a mint tea with us um and just chat to us about life your own garden or your you know your experience with growing um I had no experience before coming to the garden really like my mum has always been really really um into growing and flowers and things and she's always done it but in terms of my own experience with it it was very very minimal until I first came to the garden so yeah everyone is welcome but there's also people who have done courses you know have been doing it for a long time lots of different generations you know like it's really helped me connect with like older generations outside of my family as well um so yeah it's it's a beautiful space I love it (laughs) Yeah, I mean, sounds idyllic. So the idea being anyone can kind of pop along and join in, sort of listen. You don't have to, you don't have to have gardening experience before. Uh, how is it funded? Sure. So, well, that is a very good question. So this is actually why we're doing a fundraiser on Saturday is because we essentially, 
even though we're all volunteers, we, we essentially just raise the funds that we need in order to pay for the fees that we need to pay for. So <clears throat> as I said, we are in with some other council allotments and it's essentially how it works is it's three allotments um, owned by the council put together and then we pay the fee for those allotments every year, um, including an insurance um, to make sure that everyone is safe when you go there. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't cost much to run it. Obviously it does start to cost money when things need repairing. Um, so that's what we're fundraising for at the moment is our, um, uh, shelter space where you can go when it's raining or when it's really hot for some shade. Um, that's made using traditional clay, um, methods and basically there are some cracks in it just from over time and um you know heat sun uh, all weathers and things so yeah we're raising money to repair that and we're also raising money to repair our fruit cage because um with snow and yeah all sorts of badgers and animals trying to get into it and things um that's that needs repairing as well um and we're also trying to get remember I told you about the water system earlier well as this year we've been very very fortunate in that but unfortunate in terms of the summer, <laughs> but fortunate in terms of um, rain collection that we have not had to find other ways to get water. So um, because we're collecting rainwater, um, it's very, very difficult when there is no rain, of course. So basically we are also trying to get a mains tap installed for when that situation does happen again, because inevitably we will have periods of drought again with climate change. Um we've experienced it before and we know it will happen again. So yeah, so we basically fundraise for all of these different things, but in general, the garden is free to join. Um, it's free to be there. You, you have no obligation to give any of your time or money um, to be there. It's just about being there and learning about growing and connecting with each other and connecting with nature. Yeah. So it's, so it's not like a membership fee where you have to pay to join in or participate. Um, and we'll come... No. Yeah, and we'll come on to the fundraiser again in a, in a little bit. But um, can you tell us a bit more about the history of the community garden? Like, when did it get set up? What what was the sort of inspiration for it? Sure, yeah. So it was founded by um, some permaculture, permaculturalists and some people that did the Shift um, Bristol course, the practical um, permaculture and um, gardening course that um, comes out of St. Werberg City Farm and a couple of... Um, people that are based around there um and basically yeah it was as I said earlier it was founded in 2001 and the idea behind it was to create a space that would be shared between people on permaculture principles principles that um are in line with nature that um help us respect um the processes within nature and all of the resources that it offers us um such as the soil um yeah, and to not bring in too many artificial or um, potentially harmful processes that disrupt nature's process, such as disturbing the soil, such as pesticides, such as, yeah, things like that. Um, so, yeah, the idea behind it was to create this green space that would be shared. And as you said, there is no membership. And a lot of people come to the garden for the first time and say, wow, like I've been on an allotment waiting list and this is actually a real solution for that because whilst I'm waiting for my allotment or you know because I can't afford it or I don't have my own garden or I can't really access a green space for whatever reason the commitment the lack of commitment is really appealing to people because ultimately the responsibility and pressure isn't just on you 
to maintain that space. It's for all of us to maintain that space. So it's a real sense of, you know, there's always going to be somebody there to do what needs doing, to water, to weed, to make sure, you know, if something happens, you know. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. And so you touched a bit on this already, but what do you get out of it? Like, why do you keep going back even, you know, some people might think, oh, gardening, it's not exactly a very exciting way to spend a weekend, but maybe maybe they're wrong. <laughs> yes, um, maybe I would have felt like that um, a couple of years back. But yeah, I really, I got into it through my mum, as I said, um, and we're South American and, and we love like tropical plants and flowers and we really love trying out, you know, different flowers. And we tried, we, we tried and successfully grew some Venezuelan chilies at the garden. So that, that was a really special moment for us. Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're right. You know, there's so many things that you can do on a weekend. For me, I feel like it's such a beautiful place to be on a Sunday specifically, because for me, a Sunday is about, you know, okay, preparing for the week. It's still the weekend though. What nice thing can you do for yourself to heal yourself and reconnect with, nature and just have a really nice time with other people um it's just it's just such a special space and you know even if Eastern Community Garden isn't the closest place to you or you know you don't want to specifically go there I really just recommend just finding a similar place and I really believe that every area of Bristol should have a space like this and we do we are blessed with a lot of spaces like this you know Windmill, Windmill City Farm the Wellspring um, Garden I was involved in for a little bit as well in Barton Hill. That one's amazing too. Um, you know, it, it's about understanding how nature changes throughout the year and how plants change throughout the year. And it's such an amazing um, thing. It really helps you become more in tune with yourself and the seasons and what's going on around you and, you know, um, different things flower at different times. And, you know, there's always something growing and there's always something happening. And yeah, it's just such a, uh, an immersive and rich learning experience and like I said earlier about connecting with others as well like it's just from all aspects of well-being it's just it's just amazing I really do think it's helped me feel so much more connected to my community to the area to the land to you know when we are so disconnected in so many ways through you know the system that we live in um, yeah I just think it's a real it can be a really radical way to fight against that and to find connection with nature with others um and the area that you live in so yeah I really can't recommend it enough even if you just go somewhere you know for a walk to look at some flowers for <laughs> an hour or so you know it's, it's not it's not necessarily and to understand how a potato grows you know like a lot of us don't know how things grow because we've become so disconnected from it so yeah I, I would I would say you know as you say maybe not every weekend I personally am now I'm in it I'm and I'm in it for good and I really want to be there as much as I can but um even if you just do it for a little bit to learn like there's the get growing trail that happens every year as well and you can visit oh, different spaces in Bristol I don't know if I've heard of that um, what's that about so yeah so it's in it's usually like the first weekend of June um, and basically what it is, is you can visit different gardens across Bristol and green spaces across Bristol. Um, and yeah, you can just learn about what they grow, how they grow it. Um, there's usually some treats as well. Um, we normally team up with Felix Road Adventure Playground as well and do a seed swap. So you can come and get some seeds there. Um, so yeah, there's, as I say, it's not just about Eastern Community Garden. It's about the whole idea of how we can 
just feel better in a world that's increasingly hard to live in, you know, and um, is trying to disconnect us more and more. It's like, how can we fight against that? And how can we, you know, uh, there's nothing better for me than than growing something and then being able to cook it and feeling so proud of that, you know, feeling so proud that you managed to grow that thing together and now you can eat it. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's, it's just a really beautiful thing. Um, I, and even learning about the things that are edible, you know, like flowers, like there's so many edible flowers and I still have so much to learn, you know? So for me, it doesn't get boring. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that my partner, um, grew some tomatoes this year and just being able to eat a tomato from our back garden is absolutely still blows my mind. It's like magic. Um, so yeah, like you say, the educational side of things, I mean, is it something that parents would be, would be able to bring their children to, obviously if the parent was there supervising, would that be allowed? Sure, sure. Um, I completely agree with you. It is magic. It is magic. Um, and it doesn't lose its magic. And for kids and young people, especially it's, yeah, it's even more magic for them and you get to share that magic with them. We do have, yeah, some children come into the garden, obviously, um yeah the key the key thing that we say is like supervise them because obviously you know there's stinging nettles there's you know things that can prickle you and that's not very nice (laughs) bugs and things so um so yeah as long as they're kept safe they're absolutely welcome um we obviously find different things for different people to do um in the garden so we never want somebody to do something that is out of their comfort zone or unsafe for them or they're just not able to do physically um, so yeah, no, absolutely. We more than welcome um, children to come. As I say, even if it's just so that they realise how something grows, that's still going to be a really important moment for them. Um, because yeah, maybe they've never seen a carrot grow or, you know, they, they don't realise that, yeah, tomatoes have flowers and that's how they grow, you know. So um, so yeah, no, they're more than welcome. Absolutely. Lovely. So people can find out more on your website or social media or just pop along on a Wednesday or a Sunday, remind us where it actually is. Sure. Yes, absolutely. It is, there's a little alleyway opposite uh, Rose Green Centre on Gordon Road. So between 50, I think it's number 58 and number 60, Gordon Road, there's a little uh, lane which leads to some allotments and we are down there. But yeah, as you say, information is on our website. There's a map that shows you. So if you're not sure, based on those instructions, you can look on our website. Lovely. And now tell us about this fundraiser coming up. Um, Remind us what it's for and how people can be involved, what people can expect. Sure. So, yes, this Saturday, 7th of October, we are having a fundraiser event at the Volunteer Tavern in Old Market. So uh, it is from 6 till 10 p.m. We're going to have all of the people involved in the fundraiser are from the garden. So we're going to have one of our growers, Catherine. She has a band and her band are going to play. Um, They're like a jazz band. She plays the the double bass. Very cool lady. Um, (laughs) And then it's going to be myself and two other gardeners who are DJs. We're going to play some music for you. Um, It's free to come. So anybody is totally welcome to come. Ask us about the garden. Um, Obviously, though, it is a fundraiser. So we are trying to raise money for the garden to um, carry out some of the repairs that I talked about earlier, the fruit cage, the shelter, and trying to install um, mains water. So yeah, it's about raising awareness for the garden, but also helping us raise funds to keep the garden going, keep it safe, keep it, um, yeah, a space that everyone can come to and learn about growing and grow and take home some food as well, um, if you are inclined to do that. (laughs) Lovely. So it's 6 to 10 p.m. on this Saturday, Saturday the 7th of October at the Volunteer 
tavern and that's the one that's the one in old market not the one on king street i always get those two confused yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah exactly yeah it's the one just behind cabot circus yes with the um yeah uh near the one and so yeah and so anyone can come pay as you feel donation entry and the money will then go to funding this amazing community project sort of um, where people are it sounds like it's been really beneficial for people's mental health you know we find this during the pandemic didn't we go that not going outside we realized this was really difficult and really dire and actually we know mental our mental health studies show it tell us that it's really important to be in connection with nature and with each other so yeah so anyone can come along ask questions find out more and support the community garden fundraiser it sounds great fun um, yeah, is there is there anything else you wanna you wanna tell us? Anything else you wanna leave the listeners with? Uh, thank you so much, Shona. Uh, no, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, it's there's so many more things I could say, but yeah, one of them is absolutely. You know, we've been through a lot collectively through the pandemic, um, and yeah, it's just really really important that we find ways of looking after each other and being with each other in outside spaces. Um, and yeah, just rebuild and uh, find what helps us feel good and what is good for our community. And I think gardening is a really powerful way to do that. Um, my mum started a little tiny community garden in our cul-de-sac and that helped people feel much more connected with where we live. And, you know, it, it's small. You don't need to join a big garden or be part of something bigger. But, you know, growing something in the tiny space that you have um can be really impactful and make other people smile and make other people feel good. And you walk past it and you think, oh, the bees are on there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's those little things that can be really, as you said earlier, it could be magic. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, and it's like you say, the really low commitment, you know, if people are thinking about getting an allotment, but are like, oh, it sounds like a lot of work. Is that something I'm, you know, I wouldn't know where to start. Um, people can turn up here for one or two sessions. And then if they realize it's not for them, they don't have to come back. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no commitment. But it, it sounds like for, you know, you've certainly been bitten with the bug, it sounds like. And um, yeah, it sounds like it's been really, really positive for you. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Oh, well, thanks very much and good luck with the fundraiser and the garden. And yeah, I'll try and pop by at some point because I'm really interested and I want some apples because those sound amazing. <laughs> please do, please do. Everyone's welcome. Bittersweet Symphony. And you're back with the One Love, One Planet show here on BCFM Radio. And we're joined briefly now by Kim from Huria, who's going to tell us about um, another way we can support um support people uh people in the community our friends both here and across the world because one part of caring for the planet is not just the planet for but caring for each other and we're going to hear about a fundraiser to support people affected by the Sudanese civil war so morning Kim how are you morning thanks for having me no worries so please tell us all about this um this fundraiser it's happening uh this Friday isn't it's here in Eastern Community Centre tell us what it's about yeah, so we, um, so Huria Cafe, we're going to be supporting Salha Abdullah, um, an amazing Sudanese chef, a Bristolian, as we think Woo-hoo. of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, to deliver a supper club with her amazing traditional Sudanese dishes. There'll be meat and vegan dishes available. Um, yeah, the supper club um, is an aid of the what we're calling the Sudanese Civil War 
relief fund. So all of the proceeds are going to sell her and her family to support her because uh, sadly and tragically, they are really suffering over there. So there's a lot of relief that is needed. So um, yeah, we're trying to sell as many tickets as possible. It's going to be a really beautiful event. Salha's food is incredible. And there's going to be free massages for guests as well. Beautiful music. And obviously the atmosphere that, uh, that we have here is always really great. And yeah, I'll be doing a little speech to give people a bit more awareness about the the war as well but um but more than anything we're here to support Salha and her family spread awareness and have an amazing evening yeah so it's affecting people on the ground directly affected by the civil war and um so it's here at Eastern Community Centre Friday 6pm and how can people how much are tickets where can people get tickets you can get tickets on Eventbrite um they're up there just follow uh, just look for Hurria Catering Hurria CIC we're on there um tickets are 30 pounds for three courses um it's it's possible to byo as well if you want to bring some alcohol we can do a corkage for you um i know someone's coming that has uh, a birthday so we're going to do a little special thing for them as well so it is an evening to celebrate um and celebrate food and get together and have have a really nice evening as well as to like you said shona eloquently be aware and support our global community as well because yeah what's going on in Sudan right now is is uh is very sad yeah and Huria is spelt h-o-u-r-i-a have I got that right you have yeah. thank you <laughs> so we do uh, have some tickets left so we'd love to see you guys there yeah and Huria is if anyone who's been into Eastern Community Centre recently has tried the Huria food will know that it's amazing so if you're supporting this um, event and you're endorsing Salha's Sudanese kitchen we know it's going to be tasty as well so thank you well thank you very much and good luck to you good luck to Salha and yeah remember that's Friday 6 p.m tickets on Eventbrite and that was of course Mr Blue Sky by the Electric Light Orchestra well thank you so much to Kim for coming in and telling us all about the fundraiser happening on Friday to support the Sudanese Civil War Relief Fund um, as well as yeah Noelia telling us all about Eastern Community Garden and what, what an amazing project that sounds like doing a lot of work connecting people to uh, the to their local environment teaching people about growing uh, my mum's texted in saying she wants to come to the Sudanese food event uh, unfortunately she's in Ireland so I think it might be a little bit of a trek but you never know you never know uh, well thank you everyone so much I think that brings us almost to the end of our show thank you again to Noelia for the interview uh, please do join us next week when we're going to hear from Dr Nicole Kaplan an astrobiologist from the European Space Agency she's uh, done an interview with our friends at the BCFM Love and Science show if you haven't listened to that show do check out they cover some really amazing interesting topics she's going to tell us about potential green energy based in outer space Ooh, that sounds a bit sci-fi but you know stranger things have happened so do keep it locked to BCFM for more tunes and chat but that's all for me Shona Jemfrey for a nice so please take care and have a good day look after yourselves look after the planet and look after each other This is the podcast version of One Love, One Planet, the award-winning environmental radio show 
broadcast every Tuesday at 11am on BCFM Radio, available on 93.2 FM on digital radio and on the BCFM website. The show was produced and presented by Shona Jemfrey. You can find us on Twitter at Shona Jemfrey and at BCFM Radio.